when you get to the root of what motivates you, this makes this whole thing a heck of a lot easier. It was why when I was in corporate America and they tried to dangle this shiny object in front of me, like, if you do this, you'll get this. I'm like, I don't care about your freaking award. I don't care about a title. Mm. But because I'm motivated by independence, autonomy, and control, passive income, oh, that gets my attention. I don't need anybody in order to have success. Okay, that'll get my attention. But a title or an award or a stage I could give a shit about, right? So, but how an eight, nine, and one go towards independence, autonomy, and control, very, very different. You can do anything you want in this lifetime. Give yourself permission to unapologetically be the main character and create an extraordinary life full of joy, adventure, and purpose, because this is what you truly deserve. With love, Susie. Hey, Hi Achiever, I'm Susie, your podcast host and founder of the Female Leadership Collective. At The Collective, we celebrate women breaking free from the path that society created for them and using their gifts towards making a huge impact in the world and carving their own freedom-based lives. In each episode on this show, I'll be interviewing women who, like me, ditched their impressive careers at some of the world's most powerful companies and boldly stepped out to create their own brands, businesses, cultures, and teams. Hear from women who are at the cutting edge of redefining what it means to be a successful female leader in business. You'll learn how they did it and actionable takeaways on how you can implement their strategies to own your vision, courageously go after it, and flourish in your life and business. I left my career at the world's largest investment bank over five years ago, moved to tropical paradise, and built my own online business. It wasn't easy, but wow, was it worth it. Now I mentor other female leaders to launch and scale their own online businesses and step into their true paths of freedom. So today on the podcast, I have Tracy O'Malley, and she is an Enneagram expert. So for those of you who haven't heard about what Enneagram is, it is essentially a tool to help you understand more about yourself. And you basically do an assessment, and then it tells you which kind of category you fall into and there are nine different profiles nine different categories and it's really interesting because this is something that I was exposed to in my corporate career on those typical like corporate away days you know those team building days and HR makes you do it and I'm just like sort of roll my eyes you know that kind of thing and I never really I never really kind of looked into it or really understood it properly because I remember doing it and all it used to tell me was I was just extremely assertive and like I didn't really like the result that I saw so I kind of shied away from it a little bit but it's really interesting that actually I went and took an assessment before this episode because I just wanted to double check what I was going into this call and it was really interesting because the outcome that I got this time around was completely different to the one I used to get when I used to do this one in corporate and I took this test multiple times in corporate and I wish and and, and I was always the same one and this time around I was something different and I've definitely gone through a deconditioning journey over the past few years and I'm more myself than ever and I know that because I feel like I'm thriving internally I feel happier inside and I think that's that's what unlocks for yourself when you are living more in alignment with who you actually are and it's just really interesting when I was reading the description of what Enneagram I actually am now I was like wow, yes, that actually feels right. This I can identify with this. This definitely makes sense. So I loved the way that Tracy talks about Enneagram on this episode because it is in a different way to how I've ever heard of it talked about before. And I loved how she pinpointed certain aspects of it, which make it really useful and how it can be applied to your life. So understanding your core motivators, understanding that other people have different core motivators, understanding your core fears and other people have different core fears. And I really, I really like that because 
you can use this as an entrepreneur in so many ways. And this is kind of what we explore on this episode. So it's really, really actionable. If you've been wondering more about who you really are, what your purpose is, what your passion is, how you prefer to operate, and you know you need to go on a bit of a journey of self-discovery, then this episode is perfect for you. Welcome, Tracy. I am so excited to have you on the show today. We are going to be talking all things Enneagram today. And I'm excited about this because it's something that I've heard of and I kind of know, or maybe it was banded around in corporate a little bit, you know, on our like away days. But I've not leveraged it in my entrepreneurial journey. So I'm really, really excited to talk to you about it and learn more about your story. So welcome to the show. Honored to be here. Thanks for having me. So, as I always do, I will just hand it over to you to please introduce yourself to the listeners and tell them who you are and what you do. And then we're going to dive into your story in a little bit more depth. Yeah, this is my least favorite part is talking about myself, but (laughs) because I know that you have invested time to listen here, I want it. I want you to know what's in this for you because you don't really care about who I am, but you want to know why do I need to listen right now? And why is this going to help me change and transform my life? So I'll give you the bullet points. You know, I've got a lot of street cred when it comes to entrepreneurship and also corporate America. I am a Gen Xer. I am 51 years old with kids I that are yeah. 50, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I probably probably have children your age. My kids are 25 oh. and 26. And, you know, I I am a recovering type A masculine energy boss babe, quite honestly. And I kind of had this. Um, get on my knees moment about 12 years ago, which is why you need to listen right now. I had just turned 40 years old and on paper, everything looked freaking great. Like mm-hmm. I could make shit happen. I wore the high heels and the pencil skirt and made the good living. And I was a divorced mom, like killing it. But inside I could feel like my soul was being chipped away day after day after day. And although like I loved the hustle and grind. Well, my ego loved the hustle and grind. My soul didn't. And honestly, my children didn't. And Mm -hmm. I couldn't find that balance in between. And it kind of took like not only a divorce, a recession, losing my house at one point, you know, all sorts of things back 12 years ago were happening in the world, very similar to kind of what's going to go on right now in the world today. And then all of a sudden my dad got diagnosed with cancer and 12 days later he died. It was literally 12 days from diagnosis to death. And it really put things in perspective, like, okay, we are not guaranteed tomorrow. And if I had to repeat every day, like I am right now, would I want to do it? And would I want my kids to repeat it? And the answer was a big hell no but I didn't know another way. Right. I I only knew the path that had been modeled before me. I only knew the tools that made me hustle and grind and all the things. And I started to see that play out with my kids and it wasn't going in a direction that I wanted. And so I decided like my only coping mechanisms I had were the intense masculine energy. I had a dysfunctional relationship also with alcohol. I had a dysfunctional relationship with anger and food and everything but drugs basically was my kind of way to cope with this intense masculine energy all the time. And I decided I needed new tools and the people in my life and the people that raised me could not show me another way. And so I kind of wiped out my social network completely and checked myself into rehab to get a whole new toolbox. And it was on day two that I was there. And I went into it kind of like thinking, just tell me what I need to do to get out of this mess so I can change my life. And my therapist on day two, she's tough, masculine energy too. She wanted me to kind of do this Enneagram thing. And I used some colorful language and I'm very spicy and told her to go F herself basically with the Enneagram. And I'm like, I don't need a label lady. Like seriously, I'm walking into rehab with plenty. I don't need another label. Don't put me in a freaking box. Just tell me how to make the changes so I can move on. And she was like, you know, your best thinking has gotten you here. And this actually might help you get out of the box that not only the world has put you in, but you've also put yourself in. So how about you open up your mind a little bit? And it changed my life. You know, that tool helped me, obviously a lot of hard work 
and a lot of dedication to this inner work. I I have strategy coming out my ass. I don't need more strategy. What I needed was the journey inward so that I could be more in flow and take that strategy in a way that didn't burn me out or burn out my relationships or my body. And it was in learning about the Enneagram early on that I found compassion for myself and a deeper understanding of why I did what I did and why that masculine energy was at the forefront all the time and why it was going to take me out eventually. And then I started kind of integrating it because information doesn't equal transformation, right? We can have all the information and strategy all day long, but if we don't integrate it, it's just a bunch of cool information. And, and the Enneagram is kind of this cool trendy thing that pissed me off enough that it was trendy, that I started talking about it because I'd been using it for five, six years, telling no one in my family, you know, I I used it to change the dynamics in my home. Uh, My kids are not the same Enneagram type as me or each other. And so it gave me language and in ways to better communicate with them. And it, it changed everything about our relationship and, and how they have excelled in life today. Then I switched complete total industries and started using it in leadership and in leadership development. Again, never uttering the word Enneagram, but using what I knew about it and integrating it made multiple, multiple seven figures within a whole different feminine energy kind of space after being in masculine dominated industries all my life. And it was in 2017 that the Enneagram really became trendy and it made me mad. And I'm an Enneagram eight. So when something makes me mad, I decide to do something about it. Not because it's trendy and not because I can scale it, but because Mm -hmm. I was like, you guys are doing this all wrong. And so I became the integration specialist when it comes to the Enneagram companies like Google, Amazon, Facebook, John Deere, mastermind groups, banks, corporate America people, they all bring me in to teach this and integrate this within their teams and and development. And it's, it's been really, really cool to not only have that firsthand experience and how it can transform my life and then my family's life, the leaders that I've mentored in my, my health and wellness company, and now bringing it into all different industries today. The fact that people are willing to bring a tool like this into the workplace and partner it up with a hell of a good strategy and sales process it creates a culture. It helps reduce conflict. It um, has retention aspects of it. When you have good people, like this can help you keep them and how to grow people at a faster rate that is authentic to who they are and the company. And that's how I fell in love with this. And that's what, you know, I know now, like this is going to be my life's work at this point and how I finish it out and bringing the tool of the Enneagram in not just a cutesy, trendy way, but in a way that can really help you leverage who you were always designed to be, and then also effectively lead others that are in your life. Wow, what a powerful story. Thanks for sharing all of that. And there's so many ways that I could take this. And I think that I actually love that the way you explained it in the sense of at the start, don't put me in a box. I don't want another label. I love that that was your kind of mentality because I think a lot of people listening, their exposure to this is probably like a corporate day, right? Where they haven't really been able to integrate this properly or whatever. And again, it's kind of just been a little bit forced on them and they're like, I don't really understand this. So I really like that you spoke to that aspect of it, but there is so much power in self-awareness and understanding that we're different to different people. So I can't wait to jump more into it. First of all, in terms of the evolution of your business, because I love to kind of tap into people's stories here so that people can learn how how my guests' businesses grew and evolved. It's really interesting that you've gone more B2B. So you are going into a lot of the corporate consulting, helping train on mass. And I'm curious, was that something, was that intentional or is that just something that naturally happened? And what was the decision there to go more into the organizations rather than like direct to individuals? Well, I started with individuals and I think, you know, for a lot of people, especially in entrepreneurship, we it's all about scaling, 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 scaling. And I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, I'm a businesswoman and I understand that, but I think there is such thing as scaling too fast 
right? And you're just getting where I am today. Like, you know, over the last 12 years, it's been a journey. And honestly, my favorite work is one-to-one and it's where I mastered my craft. I've worked with thousands of people one-on-one over the last decade to get so skilled at what I do that I can go into CEO boardrooms with the highest level of people in a company and organization and not only hold very strong in that room, but also confident enough in my expertise because I have done the the troubleshooting in that belly to belly one-on-one with people over the last decade that I can hold that space for a very dynamic range of personalities and egos within a room. Yeah. It didn't just happen because I understood the Enneagram. But I think it's really, really important if you are somebody that is venturing into entrepreneurship, sure, passive income, more bang for your buck, working less with, you know, trading less time for money. Like I totally get that, but you kind of have to earn that right to Mm -hmm. become an expert. You really, really do. And you like, honestly, your one-on-one work with people is where it is your best paid market research too. Like it was in that one-on-one coaching that I've done over the last decade that I knew, even if they were just a person that came to me, you know, for stuff in their marriage, but they're still a professional. Like I could take a holistic approach to the human being. And that way, because I would take a holistic approach to one person, when I am doing group work, I can address the holistic approach, their family life, their personal life, their health, their parenting, their corporate life all in one space. And so it's becoming like, I'm super valuable as a whole, not just for team dynamics or the workplace, but, you know, corporations and businesses are realizing what a gift this is to the people that they are employing and bringing on for the journey. But no, it wasn't. And it's like, I love doing teamwork because it's like putting like human puzzles together and it's, I'm like, I'm a soul strategist, you know, essentially, and I'm freaking obsessed with it. And my favorite work is watching the work I do with one person, like one icon, one CEO, and seeing the compound effect of that, you know, Mm -hmm. out into the world. Like, I don't need to, I mean, I am the person on the stages sometimes, and I'm really good at it, but it's not my best work. You know, it's sexy, Yeah, but it's not my best work. My best work is in that one-on-one aspect because I have spent so much time in it Mm. that. I can do the other work really, really well too. And, and that's why I can scale and go into corporate, you know, and drop like, here's my invoice and, and be like, this is what it's going to take to work yeah. to, to experience this. Yeah. So what I'm hearing really is this was an iterative thing over time, right? Like starting off doing these one-to-ones with normal people, everyday people creating transformations until mm-hmm. you honed your craft, i.e. earned it. And then to go on mass and to create the bigger impact, it makes more sense to then train the leaders because it has this ripple down effect. Is that my... The other thing I'll say, yeah. And the other thing I'll say to that, the other part of that, that I didn't kind of touch on is building community, right? Like, because this is where word of mouth also happens. I'm not a natural born love of marketing person. Not not my favorite part of business, but I understand it's really, really important. And so also if if you're like that, building community is going to be really, really important for you and building a community of people who absolutely love what you do. And so part of that community building that I did early on, a lot of it was for no exchange of dollars. It was mm-hmm. like, let me just practice with you. And they didn't even know I was practicing with them. But because I could accelerate transformation early on from this big community that I had kind of brought in for journeys and they were my natural marketers for me, right? So community is big and also like being in the trenches with people one-on-one, even if it's paid market research in that one-on-one work, yes, it isn't as scalable, but it will reap the benefits down the road for you, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So before we jump into the conversation all about the Enneagram, like that I can't wait to go into, just to set the context. So what kind of, through this work, what kind of problems does the Enneagram solve? And what kind of sort of transformations does this create for people? Just so that they, I mean, I guess there's so many different ones, but on you know, in your experience, what are the biggest things that this kind of solves for? 
honestly, this eliminates breakdowns in communication. Like, you know, and I will say this before we get into the power and the beauty of this tool, just like any tool, it is only as good as the intent and the integrity in which you use it. And a lot of times I'll be talking about the Enneagram and people will have this mind blowing experience and the transformation that they have in understanding it. And I always hear, man, I wish I had heard about this or known about this sooner. And it's same. My life might've been a lot easier but I always know, and I always say this, that had I had this information in this tool sooner than I did, I might have used it to manipulate, right? Mm-hmm. So that being said, the tools are only as beautiful as the intent in which we use them. So please use these in integrity and, you know, other tools, you know, there's tons of tools that can be used out of integrity. Some of the greatest tools of all time, right? So please be sure to use this with the I can't remember the question you asked at the beginning of it that made me answer that way. What the was transformation, the biggest sort of transformations, the yes. biggest things that it solves for. Yeah. Understanding that there are nine different lenses in which we see the world. And although you speak and see the, the world through your lens, understanding that there's eight other ways in which we see the world and they're all important and none is better than the other will help you not take things as personal, even when it feels personal. It will also help you get to the root of things, especially when conflict arises, even when you're being triggered, it will allow you to pause for a moment and say, okay, what lens do they see the world? Cause clearly it's very different here. And we want to create a win-win kind of conversation or a let's kind of meet in the middle kind of conversation so that we can both move forward in this. If it's you know, professional or personal, even like think about like in romantic relationships. Oh my gosh. If I didn't understand this, I would have blown this relationship that I'm in up a year ago or two years ago, parenting, the communication, you know, this forcible, try to try to get people to understand you. And that it's the only way, how else? energy management, honestly, like seriously, I don't talk, have to talk near as much today to get a point across. That's why at my age, I have more energy than most 30 year olds. Cause there's a lot less like energetic bankruptcy going on. Right. I'm not throwing a bunch of crap up at the wall, hoping something sticks. Cause I know I have this framework that is the Enneagram. And when you know how to move through it, it really eliminates a lot of nonsense. Yeah. Right productivity, where you have blind spots. Like we all have blind spots. I don't care how personally developed you are, how wise you are. We all have blind spots knowing what they are and without judgment. That's amazing. Self-sabotage, procrastination, imposter syndrome, you name it. Like this tool when used properly can help you navigate all of it. It doesn't mean that shit won't hit the fan because it will, because that's life. But when shit does hit the fan, this tool can help you manage it in a way that not only gets you through it, but grows you through it. Mm. And that's beautiful. Yeah. So I'm excited. Let's get into it. Yeah. I feel like everybody hey. listening is like, right, tell me what I need to be doing. <laughs> yeah. So well, here's the problem with the Enneagram. Here's the problem with the Enneagram, though, is all these online assessments Mm-hmm. are inaccurate 65 to 70% of the time. So I want to kind of put a little asterisk at the front of this. I know like you're going to get really excited from listening to and hearing all the things this can do for you, but having the right information will allow you to leverage this tool a lot more effectively because having the wrong information, just imagine a GPS, right? Mm-hmm. Your GPS, if you type in the wrong address, you're going to be going in the wrong direction. And same thing with the Enneagram, like Getting typed properly is really important and I can help you with that. We can talk about that. But all those online assessments are inaccurate 65 to 70% of the time. And I've done thousands of interviews, so I know that to be true, but it's a great starting point. But don't just take that answer that you get from an online assessment to be true because it's, again, not usually, but it's a good starting point, but don't reside there. But how I like to explain the Enneagram is very different than how you'll hear it anywhere else. I Mm -hmm. promise. So I believe this is what I believe that we are divine beings and whatever that means to you, like the fact that we're here is a freaking miracle, right? And we are given this body, 
which is a miracle and amazing in of itself. And we're also be, we've also been given this intuition. Both, I believe, are divine gifts from some source, whether you call it the universe, spirit, guides, God, whatever. I believe that there's something bigger that kind of gifted us this whole experience on earth. And we have this intuition in this nervous system, but most of us have experienced things in our life that have us bypassing out of it really quickly. Mm -hmm. And I know if you are one of those type a masculine energy kind of people, you are bypassing out of your body and your intuition 99% of the time. And so then we default into the parts of our personality that are more defense mechanisms, Mm -hmm. significance drivers, certainty makers, and the way that we find control and independence in our life in ways that yes, we might have survival, but we won't necessarily thrive. And so what's cool about it is like, when you know how to leverage the framework of the Enneagram, it can help you get back into your intuition and your regulated nervous system a lot better, and then use the parts of your personality for more of an authentic expression rather than like defense mechanisms and damage control. Right. Mm-hmm. So when we kind of go into the personality, there are three different centers of intelligence and we use all three of them. Right. But obviously the ultimate compass is the intuition and the nervous system, but like we're out navigating life. So we do have to use these centers of intelligence too. Now where your core Enneagram type falls, which never changes the expression of it can, but your core Enneagram type doesn't change wherever that falls is your default center of intelligence that you use first. So the eights, nines, and ones, I happen to be one of those. I fall into the instinctual center of intelligence. So whenever I am dealing with anything around me, I automatically go into my instincts and gut. That's different than intuition. Instincts is a reaction to what's happening. And intuition is a divine knowing, right? So the eights, nines, and ones go into what do I need to do about this and what is happening right now? And so this is why the eights, nines, and ones are really good in tactical situations. We're really good in crisis management. We know how to handle situations. We don't get rattled very easily with what is happening right now. It's where we kind of do our best work, but it's also where we don't think ahead so much and we don't always look to evidence of the past, but we're re- we can be really good right now. Now in the feeling center of intelligence, these people, the twos, threes, and fours, ask themselves when things are happening, what do I feel about this? Where the eights, nines, and ones are, what do I need to do about this? The twos, threes, and fours are, what do I feel about this? They make decisions and and operate based on feelings. Okay. And they also kind of look to the past, what has happened? That's where they go first. And then in the thinking center of intelligence are the five, six, and sevens. And they are forward thinkers. They go, what do I think about this and what could happen, right? So visionaries, troubleshooters, strategists, where the twos, threes, and fours are about relationships, connections, things like that. And, you know, the eights, nines, and ones are kind of like tactical masters. Now, the eights, nines, and ones are motivated by some form of independence, autonomy, and control. Like everything they do is based on motives. And that's the thing about the Enneagram is a lot of times we get results based on behaviors. That's why those online assessments kind of are inaccurate because we answer based on our behaviors, not necessarily our motives. But when you get to the root of what motivates you, this makes this whole thing a heck of a lot easier. It was why when I was in corporate America and they tried to dangle this shiny object in front of me, like, if you do this, you'll get this. I'm like, I don't care about your freaking award. I don't care about a title, Mm. but because I'm motivated by independence, autonomy, and control, passive income. Oh, that gets my attention. I don't need anybody to in or I don't need anybody in order to have success. Okay. That'll get my attention, but a title or an award or a stage I could give a shit about. Right. So, but how an eight, nine, and one go about go towards independence, autonomy, and control, very, very different, very different. And what it means to them is very different. Same thing for the feeling center, the twos, threes, and fours. They're all motivated by some form of significance. They are the ones that like the carrot. It doesn't mean they're they're wrong. That's just where they find their worth, right? I find my worth in independence, autonomy, and control. 
twos, threes, and fours find it in significance, right? But how they go about significance and what significance means to all three of those, very, very different. But you can tell like when somebody is significance driven, if you get really curious and you're a better question asker, it usually takes about six questions to get to the heart of what motivates someone, right? Mm -hmm. And then same thing for the thinking center. All three of those types are motivated by some form of certainty, right? They need to know what could happen, certainty, how they go about it and what it means to them, all really different. But if you understand nothing about the Enneagram, but understand the three centers of intelligence, just knowing this, you'll be able to figure out where they fall in that center of intelligence. Like when I was learning about this sitting in rehab and I was learning about myself as an eight, all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, I have a child in the feeling center and I have a child in the thinking center. I knew it. I knew I have one that's motivated by significance and I knew I had one that was motivated by certainty for sure. Now it took me a little bit more curiosity and diving a little deeper to figure out which of the three within that center of intelligence they fell in. But just kind of making it your goal whenever you're talking to people, whether it's people you love, people you lead, <laughs> I play this game watching TV. I try to figure out where they fall in the Enneagram, but first within what center of intelligence they fall into. Just knowing that and figuring that out will help you alleviate a lot of the mental gymnastics you have to do in order to get there. So that's how I, I love to just talk about the centers of intelligence because we could go into all the ins and outs of all nine, but I think this is probably the most important part, especially in leadership, because you don't necessarily need an Enneagram assessment to figure this part out, but you have to be curious. You have to give a shit about people and you have to be really curious about that person as a human to ask the right questions where they feel safe enough to answer them in a way that you'll get your answers quicker. If that yeah, that's sense. so interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that aspect of it at all. So I was just like hanging yeah. off of every word. And I want to <laughs> tell you a quick story as well, because before this, before yeah. this episode, I was like, oh, I, shit, I should probably know what mine is. <laughs> so I, like, I looked it up to be fair on a online yeah. thing. So it might be wrong, but I remembered that my whole life I would always get an eight right that would that's what I always used to get an eight and I used to work in um banking it's very masculine dominated and over the last like three or four years I've gone for a very deconditioning journey and I I think my personality has changed Myers-Briggs all of that stuff's changed yeah I did it just now and I got a three for the first time ever and it was so funny because when I used to read the description of an eight it would feel not quite connected to me, but I'm like, yeah, I do do that, but it doesn't really feel inherently me. Whereas uh, when I read the three for the first time, like five minutes before we logged on here, I was like, yeah, that's me. That feels like yeah. so correct. So I'm curious, can it kind of change depending on like how conditioned and circumstances? Because I guess I'm answering these questions with a bias if I'm really conditioned, if that right. makes sense. Right. So full transparency, when I was in rehab and my therapist had me take an assessment, I got the three oh. and I can see that behaviorally, right? Behaviorally, I, especially when you're operating in a masculine environment, you are going to show up like an eight behaviorally. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because when like you in no way are an eight energetically, I can pick up on that a mile away and listening to your podcast. Cause you know, I wanted to get to know you too. And, and respect. Like you have me on your podcast. I want to know you and listening. You sounded three to me. So oh, wow. like motivationally, motivationally, like our motives don't change, but the expression of them can. And when I was taking the Enneagram test the first time before what I use today, I see where I was like, yeah, I'm an achiever. No problem. But mm -hmm. the more that I read more that I read about the motive behind it, I'm like, absolutely not. Mm. absolutely not motivationally I'm a hundred percent no question about it an eight but behaviorally I can look very three like especially if independence autonomy and control is on the line mm. right wow. when you were operating in a masculine energy yeah your behaviors were very eight no you had to to survive I mean seriously yeah. you have to but at the source of everything that motivates you is a drive for significance. And it's not a bad thing because you guys show us what's possible. 
because you see a goal, you hit a goal and you go after it and you put the blinders on, right? Mm -hmm. You don't let much get in your way. Yeah. And sometimes that can look like intense eight energy, but the motivation is still significance. Everything about the Enneagram is about the core motive and the core fear. Your biggest fear as an Enneagram three is not being great, mm. not being great where mine is not being strong. Mm. Like, I don't care about being great, but I will be strong. Big difference, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely relate. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah it's so true how like the conditioning can change what you think or your behavior so in terms of the enneagram in an entrepreneurial sense so most of the people listening will be either looking to leave their corporate careers to be able to live a life that feels more aligned with them maybe they're feeling quite conditioned Mm -hmm. or they've just started their businesses as well so they're likely going for a lot of overwhelm and you know at the start where you've got to do everything so how could the Enneagram help them and you know when they go and dive into all of your stuff after this like what kind of hat would you tell them to wear in that sense Well, that's the beautiful thing. I, the way that I love to share about the Enneagram, I think, especially as high achieving women, um, we think we have to wear all these different hats. And although like your age, you can get away with it. Eventually when you're my age, you will not, you'll have like adrenal burnout. You will have hormone crashes. So like, let's just wear one hat but how we can wear it can change depending on the situation. And Mm -hmm. so the first thing I will say about diving deep, I think it's really, really important first, especially if you're going to make a big pivot or shift in your life. Like I, I mean, think about where I was when I was learning about the Enneagram, I'd burned every boat. I had taken everything to ground zero. It was a perfect time to understand myself going into uncharted waters in, in, a whole different industry that I'd never been in, in an industry filled with women after working in a very male dominated industry, me understanding myself will allow me to understand that, that intensity that I bring to a situation, which served me very well in those high masculine energy, male dominated industries. If I didn't learn, I'm still that intense person, but if I didn't learn how to express it, not only would I probably be repelling to the very people I was here to lead, I would leave a lot of money on the table. Mm -hmm. And also I would burn through my network and I would like, I needed to be able to leverage every single person I talked to. So I had to know first and foremost, what motivated me strong, right? Independence, autonomy and control. And sometimes I will go for strength by being extra spicy. And that doesn't always serve the situation well, right? It's not always the right tool for the job. So using the other framework that are connected to your type, because even though you might be a three, there's like four other types that are tools in your toolbox Mm -hmm. that you have to know how and when to use when the three isn't the right tool for the job, even though that's the core motive, how you get through that isn't always a three tool. Because if I led with my eight all the time, I couldn't do the work that I do. I couldn't Mm -hmm. be the mom that I am. It's still my go-to, just like we all know how to use a screwdriver, right? We don't need a tutorial or a YouTube kind of thing to get us to know how to use a screwdriver. But if we're going to pull out a tool that we don't use all the time, we got to understand when and how that might be more effective than a screwdriver. And same thing with the Enneagram. So also the other biggest thing was blind spots and our core fear. The core fear, especially when you vulnerably go into entrepreneurship, especially if you are the brand, holy crap, is this information really important to understand. So my biggest fear as an eight is being betrayed, violated, or put in a vulnerable situation. I am the face of my brand. So I have to put a target on my back every single day I show up. And I have to lean in, especially if I want to scale, I have to rely on other people, which I don't like to do Mm. at all. I hate doing it, but I can't scale unless I do, because I can't do it all myself. Knowing this about myself, I can have really honest conversations with people that I vet in order to bring into my circle. And I'm a very cautious, slow person to hire, which is one of my 
not so great things, but I understand why. And so I'm compassionate with myself instead of judgmental towards myself. And I also end up bringing the right people because I'm very vulnerable. I'm like, this is a very hard thing for me to do. Not because like of this, but my biggest fear is being betrayed and violated and put in a vulnerable situation. And if I'm relying on you to help me scale this thing and you fuck up, like, seriously, it's going to feel like you just shot me in the face. Mm. And if that happens, like, it's not going to go well for you. And I need to know you can handle that. Right. For three, your biggest fear is not being the best. You need to know this going in into, into entrepreneurship that there are going to be ebbs and flows and you aren't always going to come out on top. And how are you going to navigate that when you do? Are you going to shove your feelings down? Are you going to allow yourself to grieve and process? Or are you just going to keep chasing shiny objects, which will eventually burn you out? So in the blind spots and the obstacles that inevitably will come up in this journey and meeting yourself with compassion and grace and gentleness and kindness when it does come up will allow you to not only move through it faster, but create this beautiful support system around you that can actually hold that space for you and, and probably have different strengths and different Enneagram types around you so that you don't have to do it all yourself so that you can build stronger connections, but it's very exposing, which is required, not a fan usually but it can help you move through it. And I'll say the last, especially three, four years that I've been scaling, this is the hardest part for me in scaling. I have a great one-to-one business. I can do corporate clientele, but I'm going next level in scaling. And I can't do that even with a small team. I'm going to need bigger, bigger people, which that brings a whole different level of vulnerability. Because if one of those people that is part of a system breaks down, and the whole thing falls apart, that to me can feel like a vulnerable situation and I don't like it. And so making sure that, you know, I prepare myself emotionally, um, prepare my people that I, I can allow mistakes, but these are certain areas where like, we have to make sure we double triple check. Yeah. But had I not known this before, I would just pop off on people, you know, you know, really a, be abusive, borderline abusive back in the day. And also understanding how other people might receive my type. This is the other part, especially if you are going to end up scaling or even have a VA at the very minimum. Me knowing how my VA might receive me on any given day, even with the best of intentions is really, really important too, so that I can kind of troubleshoot in front of things before hell's breaking loose too. Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of beautiful things. You having self-awareness can bring you through this journey. And quite honestly, like if you want to be able to lead other people at any capacity, you need to know how to effectively lead yourself. And this is the greatest tool next to my faith that I, you know, hold very strongly in my life. This is the number one tool that allows me to lead myself most effectively mm. and elegantly and elegantly as well, not just yeah. effectively, but also in a beautiful way. I can totally see this. And I really liked what you said as well earlier around thinking that you have eight other personas <laughs> that you could use, right? And I love that idea in a way at the very start when you launch a business, different scenarios, it's like, right, okay, I need to bring my five energy to this or whatever. And just adopting that persona, even if it doesn't come naturally for that situation, it's like, right, I'm going to step into that. I really like that idea. I actually you know how I like to explain it. Like if you think about your favorite movies, any of your favorite movies, very rarely is your favorite movie when it's reliant on the main character. Mm-hmm. The best movies of all time have a strong supporting cast. And if you think about the Enneagram like a movie, yes, your core Enneagram type is the main character energy, main character. It's not changing, but the real flex and the real leverage of this tool is when you know how to use the supporting cast that are attached to your Enneagram type. And that's how you become like the goat. That is how you are able to, you know, win the Oscar in this lifetime of, you know, being the best version of yourself. Because 
Like, honestly, if I didn't have my supporting cast, which are components of my Enneagram type, there's no way I'm able to have not only the success I have, but the ability to facilitate transformation in my home and also out in the world without, you know, these other components. So, yeah, I love that. So people then find out what type they are. They learn all this stuff about them or, or at least they make it conscious what then do they do with it? So in terms of like using that information, how is the best way to use it? You use it just like, <laughs> you know, just like going to the gym, like we have these muscles and I joke about it all the time. I'm like, everybody wants to have like a nice juicy JLo booty, don't we? Like it's so pretty and perky and round and all the things. And we can Google what her workouts are. We can even print them out. We can watch a YouTube tutorial on those workouts. But if we don't actually get in the gym and add resistance and do the thing and we aren't consistent, all we know how to do is how to have a JLo booty, but we don't actually have it. Same thing with the Enneagram. You could be typed properly. You could do my assessment and have all the right information. But if you don't start practicing it and, and start kind of playing with it in your life, it's just going to be a really cool party tool. Mm. Right. So I didn't get really great at integration by talking about it. I got really great at integration by practicing. You know, if we want to be the heavyweight champion of our world, we have to put in the reps, the reps build confidence. And just when we think we've got it, just like me, I mean, even though I'm the expert at this, the reason I keep building a stronger and stronger, stronger muscle is because I keep adding different kinds of resistance on it. Right. And so the first part is, is knowing your type, then knowing the different framework connected to you and then looking at, okay, so I'll use myself as an example. I'm an eight. There are things called wings. They're like your supporting cast, right? I know as an eight, I have a seven and a nine wing. Okay. What is a seven really good at? I'll never be motivated like a seven. I'll never fear like a seven. I'll never be motivated like a nine. I'll never fear like a nine, but they're like my supporting cast. What are they really good at? And what situations in my life will they really help kind of bookend that spicy part of me, that intense part of me? What, where will they help kind of bring that intensity into uh, a way that other people can receive me easily, right? But just knowing what they're good at and knowing where they're strong is only part of it. I needed to start practicing it, which gets messy at first. Anytime we're learning something new, or practicing something new, we're going to mess it up. It's going to feel awkward. It's not going to feel natural. Just like doing squats to have the JLo booty. The first time we do squats, we can't get up off the toilet the next day. It hurts, but we don't mind that hurt because we know we did good work. The difference here is when we do emotional weightlifting and spiritual fitness, the hurt is a result in a vulnerability hangover or an emotional hangover. And that doesn't all, even though it hurts, it, we don't always look at that like it feels good, but we need to fall in love with that process because that's how you integrate this by practicing. Now I can know like, okay, I can't lead with my eight energy right now. I need to be more visionary like a seven right now. I need to be more fun loving and, and not sweating the small stuff. Cause if I lead with my intensity, oh my gosh, they're going to run from me. Or I might judge them as weak. And that's not necessarily the truth. Okay. I also, with my nine wing, that is more inclusive, bigger picture, non-judgmental, creates harmony for everyone where I'm like coming in hot all the time. So kind of being bookended and using the strengths of a seven and a nine, and this is just two parts of it, really can help me bring that intensity into a room in a way that all can receive it, not just eights like me. Mm-hmm but it takes practice. It takes practice. Yeah. It takes willingness to get uncomfortable. But once, like, once you put the reps in, like I can move through this very, very quickly, very, very effectively, even in the most heated of situations that trigger me without mm. burning everything to the ground. Yeah. Wow. God, there's so much, isn't there? I feel like we just scratched the surface. We got five minutes. We we have it. It's so good. It's so yeah. good. You'll have to have me back. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So before I jump onto the quick fire round, I'm just going to pull up my Ooh. questions. Do you have any last comments on the Enneagram stuff or anything to leave people with? 
Yeah. Be gentle with yourself in this journey. I know that because you've heard how much it can help you transform your life. You want to hit the quick, easy button, right? Please don't do that. Please don't go do one of those things. If you really want to dive deep with the right information, you can go follow me on Instagram. You can go to my website where you can get accurately typed. It is a little bit of an investment, but it's the right information and it'll set you on the right course. Right. But, but try not to rush your process right? You're aware that this can help you. Don't skip this beautiful part in the middle where you have to kind of acknowledge where you got here before you just take quick, fast, you know, type A action, really be okay. Kind of taking your time this with this and being gentle with it. When you kind of see the darker parts of who you are, you know, the darker parts of who I am, you know, those are my kryptonite, right? That intensity can be my kryptonite, but on the other side of it, when it's coming from love, compassion, empathy, service, and grace, that same kryptonite can become your superpower. If okay. I can do it, you can. So, yeah, that's yeah, beautiful. That's and I, I really love that angle of where you're coming from with the whole tool as well. It really is just coming back to yourself, which I love. It's all it is, honestly. Before the world kicked you in the teeth, this is yeah. kind of bringing you back, back home to who you were always designed to be. Before we started judging ourselves, and the world started mm-hmm. judging us. So. It's, yeah. it's a very full circle moment so that when I finish this earth, I'm just a more wise version of who I was designed to be from the very beginning. Yeah, I think that's amazing. So we're going to yeah. jump onto the quick fire round. So are you ready, Tracy? It's just three short questions. It's my favorite. I love it. <laughs> so the first question is, how did you get your very first five sales in your business? Oh, gosh. Honestly, it was... <laughs> this was a long time ago. I was vulnerable. I was transparent, you know, instead of leading with I'm tough girl, Tracy, Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I don't have it all figured out, but this is where I'm headed. And this is why I'm excited about it. And people didn't necessarily know what I was selling, but they all said, I don't know what it is you're doing, but whatever it is, I want some of it in my life because the the energy and essence that you are putting out in the world is something I need more of in my life. Mm. And it was a totally different approach than I had taken the first 40 years of my life. And I was like, wow, I don't have to be anything, but who I am. I have to be transparent. I have to be open and willing. And it seriously, the first five came and then millions came after that. And I kept rinsing and repeating, just be me. Be me. I love that authenticity creates the natural value exchange for sure. I love that. And then the second question is, what is your number one tip for overcoming fear in business? It's tough. Like it is super vulnerable. It's, you know, if you've got money stories and which I have, you know, my upbringing and what I believed about money and power and all the things and always be open to going a little deeper in understanding yourself and what's at the root of who you are Mm -hmm. because it is scary and new levels bring new devils, right? Like it, think of it like you're, you're always getting to the center. And I know like, if you are listening right now, you are somebody that like strategy and boxes to check. And although that is super important, like be, be willing to be your own soul strategist too, on a soul level, because when you understand you, the things that scare you about business won't be as scary. It doesn't mean they won't come up because you're human. And just know that when you think you've got it, there's going to be a new level that will expose something else that scares the hell out of you. Mm. But when you have a framework like the Enneagram, it will allow you to navigate that. The fear doesn't ever go away. Just how you respond to it can absolutely change. And in fact, the more fear that comes up means you're just elevating and you're going yeah. to another next level. So just, you know, invite it in, be ready for it and then build your muscles so that when it does come, you can move through it and grow through it. Yeah, I really like that. And if I've learned anything from you on this episode, one of the key things is that we are all have these core fears and even just knowing that. Uh, and then if the next time you feel scared about something, it's like, oh, remind myself of my core fear the chances are it's probably something to do with that and what I'm feeling at the moment. And I imagine that's going to provide so much comfort in a sense of this is normal. We can carry on. You know, there's nothing deep here that I haven't uncovered that I can't, you know, deal with. So 
Yeah. And if you, and if you keep trying to avoid it, I promise you, it's going to keep coming up until you learn the lesson. So I've learned how to surrender, like it's going to come up. So like, let's fall in love with the process, even when it's painful and messy and surrender to it so that we can move through it faster. Cause if I'm telling you, like, if you take nothing from me at my age, every time that I resisted this, like life came in and made it very inconvenient, definitely messy, definitely not fun, very expensive and very painful. So mm-hmm. uh, take it from me, learn how to surrender faster. Mm-hmm. So the final question is, I have a tradition where each guest before leaves a question for the next guest. I actually took this from the diary of the CEO because I thought it was a really wonderful feature. So that's why I had to look up your question. So your question from the previous guest was, what does it mean to you to live a meaningful life? Oh my gosh. It's the same. It's the same thing that when I'm asked what my meaning of success is, the ability to be fully present with whatever is right in front of me at any given time without thinking about things that have happened before or things that are going to happen. Honestly, the most meaningful life is this moment right here, right now with you, Susie, and the ability to not be distracted by anything else that's going on in my life, in my body, and in in the world. Because when we are so distracted, by what has happened, what could happen, what is happening out in the world, we we miss the opportunity for the miracles right in front of us. And every time I allow myself to be fully dropped in and present, I find the meaning, I find the miracles, and I find the magic that, you know, sets me on another path for what's next. Mm-hmm. Um, when I when I can do that, I do it a lot, but I I always find the joy in that part of the journey. Like think about it. Like when you have somebody cancel on you or, you know, something, somebody hurts you. And, and if you just kind of focus on all the crap about it, instead of like, okay, what can I learn about myself? And what can I learn moving forward from this? Like you will always find the meaning of, you know, it's, I, I'm not somebody who believes that everything happens for a reason because there's some really horrible shit that happens. And it's hard to make sense of that. But I do believe this with all my heart and all my experience that you can turn anything that does happen, even the hardest, most heinous shit into something beautiful. Mm. But you have to be fully present with who you are in every given moment that you are blessed with because, you know, tomorrow's not guaranteed. So that, that would be... What an answer. What a way to end the episode. Wow, Tracy. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Where can the listeners go and look you up, find all of your amazing things? And I'll put the links in the show notes. So three things. I have Instagram, Tracy underscore O'Malley on Instagram. I have a website. Like if you know you want to get typed properly, go to my website, tracyomalley.com, the work with me section. Boom. You can get and you'll get your own customized 20 or 75 page customized soul blueprint that I have created for you. And the third place, if you are intrigued by the Enneagram, I have a podcast with almost 400 episodes all Enneagram and leadership related personal and professional leadership. Cause I think we're holistic beings and you know how we show up here. We want to be able to be holistically flowing through all parts of our life. So you can go check out my podcast. It's called lead with the Enneagram on all the different platforms that you can find podcasts. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on. That was, that was really great. Good. I'm so glad honored to be here and honored to serve your community. Imagine if your corporate job was a thing of the past, something that you referred to as, oh, back in my corporate days, because now you're the CEO of your own online thriving business and you have multiple streams of income and the freedom to work whenever you choose. Your business is not only thriving, 10K months are normal for you, but it's making a huge difference in the world and helping others. Your business is running smoothly, supported by a talented and loyal team who take care of the day-to-day so your time is freed up to be the CEO 
Your personal life is full of adventure and you have the flexibility to work from anywhere. You have plenty of time for your own health, self-care and wellness every single day. In fact, you spend three hours in the gym moving your body, whether it's a sweaty class or a gentle yoga, followed by the sauna and the steam room. Life is peaceful, fun and full of freedom. You feel calm, happy and fulfilled. You feel truly grateful for the version of you who took a chance on herself a year ago to allow you to live like this, to live the life of your dreams today. How would that feel? Well, I have an exclusive invite for you if you're an aspiring female founder ready to launch your own online business and build a life of freedom and impact. So if you're someone who feels limited working in corporate, deep down, you know you're not fulfilling your true potential working to build someone else's dream. You know you're done with just dragging yourself to the office to work on things that are a mismatch with your true values and passions. And you're just so bored with your repetitive daily routine and you're ready to break out so you can enjoy life, travel and make time for your own health and wellness. And you know you're at a crossroads in so many areas of your life and you know that you're ready to invest in your future, but you're just feeling overwhelmed at the thought of making such big changes. And you've had a few health scares recently and you've come to realize that life is too short to sacrifice your well-being and your mental health for your current career and you need to make a change for your own sake and for the people that you love. If you're ready to build a six-figure online business on your own terms that allows you to prioritize your freedom, your own well-being, more time for loved ones and your own self-care without the stress and fear of burnout, you are going to love my brand new workshop that I'm hosting on the 2nd of January called Launch with Confidence, How to Build Your Six-Figure Business for Freedom and Impact. And I've decided to mix things up this year. So it's not just me talking at you. We're going to get to know each other, make this an interactive workshop. So you're going to get coaching, frameworks, community. And by the end of it, you will have clarity on what you want to launch, a step-by-step -step roadmap and the confidence to launch your business ready to make this year the year you lay the foundations for your dream life. So if these questions have been on your mind for a while, good news, because we're going to be answering them in the workshop. So if you're thinking things like, what actually is my dream lifestyle and how can I design my business model to support it? What are my core skills and passions and how can I incorporate them into a business model that aligns with my goals? What are the first steps I need to take to start my own business and how can I get clarity on them? What are the fears and limiting beliefs that are actually holding me back and how can I overcome them to develop a positive mindset so that I can stay on track with my goals? How can I build a support system to help me stay motivated and overcome challenges in my business journey? What marketing and sales skills do I need to learn to effectively grow my business? And how can I create a scalable and automated business model to free up more of my time? And what are the common mistakes that entrepreneurs make when starting their own businesses and how can I avoid them? If you have that voice in your head that says, oh, I'm just afraid of building all this stuff and no one being interested or wanting to buy it. And I want to make sure my idea is worth working on because I don't want to build all this stuff if no one wants it. Oh, I don't have sales experience and the thought of being in the spotlight embarrassing myself on social media is terrifying. I'm afraid my friends and colleagues will judge me. I just have fear that I won't enjoy what I create or I'll get trapped in my own business working even longer hours and with less flexibility than I currently have. Do not worry because I'm here for you. We're going to be workshopping through all this. I hear this all the time and you can overcome it. We're going to do it together. You're a high achiever. You know you're excellent at getting things done. You just need help with what to do as you just don't know where to start. You don't know how other business owners are always posting, emailing, hosting trainings and podcasts. You really want to understand the technical and tactical side of things because you just don't get it how one human can do it all. Well, in this workshop, I'm going to teach you all of it and you're going to learn to discover what your dream freedom-based lifestyle is and learn how to design your own business model to make it a reality. You're going to learn my top secret framework for exploring your values, skills and passions and incorporating them into your business model to build a life you love. 
You're going to learn the specific first steps you need to take to confidently launch your own business and get your first three clients. And we're going to be identifying the mindset blocks that are holding you back from achieving success as an entrepreneur. And I'm going to be giving you the specific systems that you need to create to get sales on autopilot and create consistent income. So tap the link in the show notes to save your seat. Seats are limited and join us in the Zoom room on the 2nd of January. The workshop is at 5 p.m. Bali time, 7 p.m. Sydney time and 10 a.m. UK time. And it will be recorded, but as it's workshop style, you'll get so much more benefit by joining us live if you can. And this is the sort of workshop that I'm going to be charging for in the future. So you're getting an absolute steal getting it for free this time around. So make sure you save your seat and I'll see you on the second. The link is in the show notes.